Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to Noise Filter. Today, Hope, uh, my co-host, could not be here. Instead, we have today probably the smartest and brightest person that I know, and that's my wife. Her name is Liana Elliott. Welcome to the show, Liana. Thank you for co-hosting. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Menopausal depression. Why we've heard so little about it. Oh, I'm shocked that we don't mm. hear much about men. Really? I'm it's so men- surprised. And also menopausal. It's got men in the in the in the name. Of course it does. Too. Of course it does. Of course it does. <laughs> Just like history, like right? Menses. <laughs> of course. Stirring themselves all over the place. History. Anyway. <laughs> Around 300 million people around the world experience depression, but women are two times more likely to experience it than men. I think it's probably because men don't go to doctors and they don't admit it, but that's a different start. In fact, the prevalence of depression in women significantly spikes around the time of menopause, which usually begins around a person's mid-40s. During their menopausal years, women can experience depressive symptoms that are usually worse than what is experienced pre- and post-menopausal and by men. In fact, suicide rates are the highest for women in the 45 to 64 age group. And as if life isn't hard enough, thanks biology. While these statistics are alarming, they're also largely overlooked. Many premenopausal women don't know this is something they may face, and men have even less of an understanding. One reason for this lack of attention is because menopausal depression is not considered a specific condition and is lumped in with the general depression diagnosis. Many healthcare workers underestimate the effect that menopausal depression has on the quality of life for women, particularly because many believe that it is mild and short-lived. However, this is not the case. In fact, menopausal depression can be severe and continue for years. During a woman's menopausal years, there are biological changes that occur in their bodies. A major one is the change in the levels of hormones in the brain. Estrogen levels, for instance, fluctuate and then they decrease. Estrogen is a sex hormone that helps regulate the growth of development and functionality of the female reproductive system. Through most of human history, the vast majority of women pass through her childbearing years by the mid to late 30s, causing the system to no longer be relevant. This is partly because childbirth becomes more risky for the mother and child in later years. So the body evolved to begin shutting down the system and allocating resources elsewhere. Through most of human history, the average lifespan also hovered around 40 years old, meaning that many women would never reach menopause. And even for those who did, this would make up a relatively short part of their lives. Today, however, the average lifespan more than doubled in the last 150 years. And we now have many women living far past menopause. And healthcare is trying to catch up on what hormone variations women should expect 
how they might affect them physically and mentally and the downstream effects of these on other brain chemicals, such as serotonin and dopamine, which are also important in mood regulation. While some of the intricacies are still being researched, what we do know is that all of these changes can lead to depressive symptoms. People experiencing menopausal depression often do not respond well to antidepressants. Studies show that hormone replacement therapy is a way more effective way to treat this condition, yet the diagnosis of depression often leads to a prescription for antidepressants. One of the main reasons for this is that many healthcare workers still do not attribute menopause as the underlying cause for women's depression and therefore do not prescribe hormone replacement therapy. Historically, there has been a lack of funding and research given to women's health initiatives. In fact, an analysis published in the Journal of Women's Health in 2021 found that the U.S. National Institutes of Health allocates a disproportionate amount of funds to research diseases that primarily affect men, quote unquote, at the expense of those that primarily affect women. Wow. Shocking. While we specifically need more funding for research about healthcare challenges that women face, it's far past the time to accept that men and women are living far past 40 years and that we need to learn more about the changes that come with this transition out of our younger years. While different in its manifestation, a similar challenge is also faced by men, something we often call midlife syndrome or the stereotypical time when men become disenchanted with their lives and go out and buy a red sports car. New studies show that this is, in most cases, not only a psychological affliction, but also has chemical basis as well, and that men may also need help through those mental challenges that manifest during this time with the assistance of hormone replacement therapy or therapy to manage an adjustment to their new normal. Understanding our biology and how it changes over the decades, and not only that, but then educating people on what they might expect is a service that medicine can give to all of humanity, but only with the funding to discover these truths. And even with the funding, equity needs to be central to all these explorations. And of course, of course it needs to be, because I guarantee you, if equity wasn't built into it, it would be all men all the time and no woman at all. So Liana, I'm going to step aside and just let you handle the commentary on this story. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. That's, we need more of that. That's, look, I say this life is tough, right? A lot has happened in the last few years. If you are someone that you love has been seeming a little down lately, they've maybe been behind on some of their responsibilities, not as excited about the things that they love to do maybe talk to them about this, that there are a lot of changes that happen in, in all of our bodies when we get older and that some of them are, um, you, we tend to blame on ourselves and that this is something that's completely normal and part of this aging process that frankly, we don't really know a whole lot about, right? Like we're not used to people living so long in their post-reproductive years that, you know, it's, it's interesting that even here we are almost in 2023, that we're still learning how this works and how this affects us, not just physiologically, but the adding mental health in there too is such a critical component that's so often missed. Yeah, it's so important. And, and I'm glad that we're seeing stories like this uh, being talked about because I, I think that if there was, you know, there's there were many positive things to take out of the uh, out of the pandemic. You know, I think finally our cruel American society finally recognizes the importance of mental health and the necessity for more investments in mental health, uh, medicine, um, infrastructure, 
You know, like think about it. Like insurance companies don't cover mental health. Like you have to pay out of pocket for a lot of this stuff. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, you know? And the same thing with dental and eye and, and, and feet care. It's just like, okay, let's just, let's just separate the, let's just chop the body up into different pieces, you know? That was a, I saw somebody was referring on Twitter to their, their dental insurance as like their insurance for their like luxury bones, like teeth or <laughs> right. But it's Absolutely. exactly the same, right. It's the same thing, right. That's like, we are whole people. And that one thing, you know, that happens in, you know, in oral healthcare can affect the rest of your body. It really can. And mental health finally, at least being included and talked about is, is a great start. But 100%. you know, this, this division between mental health and physical health, we got to get rid of that. This is, 100%. we're all, we're one whole person. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. Right.